2: Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today as always by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we have an NWSL weekend recap for everyone. Got some games to get through. The final month of the season is uh it's getting spicy down the stretch. So let's uh let's get ready to talk about that. But before we take a deep dive into everything, uh just want to remind everyone if you're joining us live, you can watch all of our attacking third episodes, previews, recaps, interviews, all on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube page to get notified whenever we go live. YouTube.com slash attacking third. We're back. Lisa, how you doing today? I'm good, Sandra. You said it. The fact that the NWSL
3: is down the stretch, spicy things are happening. This weekend was... Pretty spicy. Definitely hot and spicy <laughs> across the league. It was really good to watch. Really fun to see um, a lot of different things in action after that international break. It's always great to see some players come back um, a little bit fired up, a little bit uh, ready to go uh, reeling and deal dealing to, to play for their club teams. Um, I am good. Happy to be back for this one. Not as many games this weekend as I would have liked to have, but we'll get into all of that. How are you? I know you were uh, dabbling in a bit of a conference this weekend, yeah. you know, running running it
2: around town how was it it was good um yeah that's like apparently the thing that i do now love to attend conferences um this one was cool a little bit different energy it was actually local here in chicago so uh, definitely different from when i was in vegas but it was fun to chat with you um There, uh, you know, technically live from from a hotel room in in Chicago. So that was cool. Um, And, you know, I guess, you know, that's that's maybe where we should start. We should start with a little bit of a programming note. Quite frankly, you know, when we were uh, preparing for the weekend slate of games over the course of last weekend, one of the things we were doing was. Um, really expressing our excitement for the return of uh, WSL and the fact that Paramount Plus was going to, is going to be the home for so many of the, the games this season um, and all the coverage that we're going to start kind of integrating within uh, attacking third. But uh, o- over the weekend, it was announced that uh, Queen Elizabeth II has uh, passed away. And in light of her passing, the WSL and really all soccer players you know, around the FA was, was said that uh, all the matches will be postponed. So not a ton of sports action happening um, out of great Britain. And that also impacted women's super league. So we will have, uh, more information about that as things come to light hearing September 19th might be, um, a day in which we start seeing some, some matches take place again. Mm-hmm. But again, once there's official confirmation of that, um, things, uh, you know, we'll share that information with everyone yet. Yeah, and in the meantime, we'll just have a placeholder in our hearts for Women's Super League mm-hmm. when it finally kicks off and we'll be able to, to chat about that a little bit more in depth, uh, But that doesn't mean that there wasn't soccer that didn't take place over the weekend. Uh, We still had a ton of NWSL action to take a look at and uh, some some news, quite frankly, that we got to chat about as well. So let's uh, let's start with the news before we actually get into the uh, the recap of uh, the recap of NWSL matches. The United States women's national team announced this morning that they are going to be headed to Spain in October uh, to sort of close out the European leg of friendlies. So uh, in case you forgot need a reminder, uh, the next set of matches that's going to be lined up for U.S. Women's National Team here will be in Europe. Uh, There's already been a lot of excitement around the fact that they're going to be facing England uh, on October 7th. And when that was initially announced, it was said, hey, that's actually going to be a pair of friendlies, but we've got a team to be announced at a later date later date is today and so it's not only going to be the lionesses that they go up against it's going to be spain as well so uh, a lot of excitement i think around uh these duos uh of the uh of the duo of games that's going to be taking place in in europe but i was curious for a long time who that other team was going to be and now, now we know yeah, I wasn't sure if it was going to be
3: a team in around England, you know, if it was going to be someone like France. But the fact that it's Spain who in the Euros um, in the quarterfinals played against England uh, of the Euros and and almost knocked him out. This this is an incredibly talented Spanish side, and I am loving watching these friendlies come up because uh, they're literally right around the corner, October 7th and then October 11th. So the United States team will head overseas to do that. Uh, but it's only the fourth ever meeting between Spain and the U S um, between these two sides. And, and that's pretty interesting. The, the first one in 2019. So yeah. having a little bit more recent competition with this side and not seeing them that often also a top contender in the euros. This is the competition that Black needs to be getting for this side especially heading into a World Cup year. I mean, these players need this type of competition, um, and and this is it. I'm really, really excited for this match to come. I mean, as as you mentioned, when it was announced that the U.S. was going to play England, those tickets sold out immediately. But now the fact that there's another really, really high-powered competition between Spain and the U.S., like this is going to be a fantastic, fantastic October FIFA window.
2: Yeah, it's a uh, it's two very good teams that they're going to be going up against and uh, I love that they're going to be going up against those teams in, in, in their respective countries. I think that's also, you know, that, that yeah. extra layer, that additional added level of a challenge to sort of prepare for, you know, the, the mental side of things, quite, quite frankly, it's uh this team has been working together for quite some time. And I, I would imagine that we're going to see some similar faces when those rosters do drop, because the timeline and buildup to the world cup is, is, is going to be a lot about, you know, building the chemistry amongst these teams. And so how are they going to, you know, play, uh, in front of crowds that are not mm-hmm. necessarily pro U.S. Women's National Team, so uh, exciting time uh, for for all the nations involved, I'm sure. And we're gonna be keeping a close eye on those matches in October when they start rolling around. In the meantime, on the club level, let's chat NWSL. Let's recap a couple of big winners over the weekend. In this one, we had some pretty hefty score lines that we got treated to. In some of these matches that we're about to break down for everyone, we're going to start with with one of the uh, the, the bigger matches. We're going to start with the match that was on Big Network CBS. I think if you're a neutral of this league and watching this type of game, I think it had a little bit of everything for everybody, quite frankly. Washington Spirit defeating San Diego Wave FC 4-3. to three. Say it again.
3: Louder for the people in the back. Washington beat San Diego. it's their first win since May. May
2: 1st. May 1st. It's, uh, it, they have broken a, a ridiculous uh, un, or winless streak, we should say. uh, Winless in 17 matches. No more. Oh. They've got that elusive win that they've been chasing for quite some time. I mean, 17 uh, is just a lot of matches. It's a, a lot of games to go without a win. 10 draws. Is, you know, that's a lot of draws to have. And uh, this was, uh, listen, being a to watch this one, just like turn on my TV and then have it on, on CBS. I was like, let's go. I was like, so locked in and ready for this game. And both of these teams delivered quite frankly. Like I said, again, if you're, if you're a a new, if you were just sort of a neutral watching this was, this was probably something that got you really, really amped. And you're looking at the scoreline and you're like four to three. This was just like all offense, you know, just vibes. Like everybody just like, you get a goal and you get a goal and you get a goal. But, I think you know, in terms of the timeline of where we are right now, we see this San Diego team trying to you know chase down some history they they've been fluctuating um, you know uh, in that upper half of the table um between one and 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 three in terms of the spots that they're at. and then you've got this Washington spirit side that you know they've just been in the mostly the bottom half of the table. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what were some of your big takeaways out of this one, Lisa, whether it was performance or or otherwise? I mean, this always happens when teams are on
3: big CBS. This was a one o'clock Saturday match. The teams show up and they show out and (laughs) It was truly fun to watch. I mean, this game was just fantastic. Heading into it, um, Andy Sullivan, defensive midfielder for the Spirit, was listed as unavailable and not available for this game. And um, that kind of concerned me a little bit heading into this one. But ultimately, um, they're, <coughs> excuse me, um, Washington's able to kind of work around that. I mean, they've they played so much this year without in July without a lot of their internationals. Um, But, but this game was just back and forth and it started early, early on. I mean, San Diego putting a lot of pressure on them, but, but Washington getting an equalizer right at the the beginning of this game uh, because Shaw gets the opening goal. Jaden Shaw, who second game, for San Diego scores again, scores a couple in this one. So, the fact that this type of player in Jaden Shaw at 17 years old is making this big of an impact is fantastic. We got to talk about Amber Brooks, right? I love when defenders <laughs> get goals. She didn't get one, she got two. Who <laughs> <laughs> truly like a fantastic game for Brooks? Um, like, really. Her first goal is just like a little bit of a toe poke, and that's all they needed, right? Like, that's all it took. If it was a shot, it would have been deflected, just a toe poke. It gets in. Um, then she gets the second one just a few minutes later. The fact that at halftime it was 3 1.
2: Oh my goodness. <laughs> truly, oh my goodness.
3: Truly crazy to think about. Alex Morgan ends up getting a brace in this one as two. So she ends with 15 goals on the year uh, she's five for five on penalty kicks. So don't give San Diego a penalty kick when Morgan's on the pitch, because it's going in the back of the net. I think Tara McGeon had a fantastic game. She's one of the players uh, we highlighted in the preview just to, to know that, um, yeah. she can make such a big impact in games for Washington. This was this game had a little bit of everything, and I loved it drama, penalty kicks, great goals, cheeky yeah. goals, sloppy goals. I loved it. I love
2: it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. files. Some, some people think miss files as well. Um, yeah, cards definitely issued in this one, right? It was all over the physicality place that maybe kind of came in uh, down, down the stretch of this match. Uh, but I think if you're again, we're talking about. Uh, certain matchups down the stretch here. I think if you're looking at certain teams in different phases of their seasons, you know, what can come out of some of these matches. And I think if you're one of these sort of bottom half table teams that necessarily isn't eliminated, uh, you know, or um, trying to sort of close out your season in a more competitive manner, going up against, uh, you know, an upper half table team that are kind of jockeying for position, you know, between one through six, you're gonna probably, we're probably gonna get maybe a few more of these match type of matches. I don't know if we're gonna be ending in seven. Um, seven goal score lines, but you know, in terms of the level of competition in terms of the you know the, the fight and the spirit, no no pun intended. but uh, that, that we might be seeing in some of these games, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we start you know seeing some some similar things uh, down the stretch. I think those are some of the big takeaways, right? I, I thought it was a really good game from from Rodman. I thought she was a menace on the pitch uh, for for the spirit and, and and giving fits to the back line. Of uh of San Diego, and I think you know Alex Morgan adding to this, to this total goal score. Um, in terms of the golden boot rate that, that we're all kind of keeping oh a, an, an eye on, yeah. um, she it looks like she's kind of is she is she pulling away with the, with this? You know, I mean, there's still there's still a handful of games left here for, for some players to make an impact. You know, we see Sophia Smith still kind of right behind her and Indiana Ordonez as well. What do you think?
3: Yeah, I mean, when you look at this, Alex Morgan fifteen goals, um, Dan Ardonia's eleven, Smith eleven, Ashley Hatch and, and Pew both with eight. Yes, I mean Morgan is pulling away. Fifteen to eleven is is a bit of a difference in terms of how many games are left to play in this season, right? Like that's, that's obviously what you have to look at. San Diego already at 19 games played, whereas North Carolina, they're at 17. But the way that Diana Ordonez is dealing with a bit of a knock, uh, still trying to get back into the swing of things like, yeah, this is Alex Morgan's golden boot race at this point. And she's had people come really close. She's been tied at the top, um, but when she's scoring two a a game, it's it's really easy for her to continue to to rack up these goals. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't doubt it if she wins at the end of the year.
2: Yeah, well, uh, we'll be keeping an eye on it for sure. Exciting times coming out of that match between the Spirit and the Wave. But we've got another big winner uh, over the weekend with another massive scoreline. North Carolina Courage going up against Racing Louisville FC. This one ending in a six-goal scoreline. Five to one, uh, going all three points going to the courage in this one, Lisa. I believe if memory serves me correctly, we both had the courage, yes, in yes, this one, in terms of our pick. And I think in the the previous match, I think we both won San Diego as well. Uh, love to be incorrect and, and talk yeah. about that, but also like to be right.
3: We, we got a lot of tweets at us, like, hey guys, keep picking against Washington, Listen, like
2: they finally did it. It we, we all, all we love to see the wins, like we all got jobs to do. Listen, we yeah. all got roles to play right and that we're just doing we're just doing ours uh courage taking all three points in this one we we made the made a correct pick uh you know in in this match uh, this one you know i think uh maybe let's start with with uh before we start talking all about the the, the big winners in this one i think this match what uh, at least i think it effectively eliminates racing louisville from uh playoff contention so we now have two teams uh eliminated from you know vying for for a spot in the 2022 playoffs it's both louisville and gotham we'll chat a little bit more about gotham but um louisville effectively out of contention to make a run at the playoffs and uh they're they just sort of close it out with a massive, massive loss. Uh, yes. I'm not too sure if there's a lot here to sort of build off of for this team going into the next week. I mean, a 5-1 scoreline can sometimes be a little bit demoralizing, especially if you're a team that just kind of hasn't been clicking at the moment. They've been picking up a, a couple losses, and it turns out they've been keeping picking up losses with these kind of massive scorelines. So this is another scoreline where they're sort of losing a game by – by four goals, right? They had that four yeah. zero loss to Chicago as well. And I think um, you know, if you're looking at the courage side of things, obviously you're still making a push uh yeah. for for that upper half of the table. So as you mentioned, I mean,
3: with this or with this Racing Louisville side, even it, it, it's there's not much to come from this, right? Like it's almost like, all right, let's finish out the season. We're we're out of playoffs. How can we build on next year? How can this team start establishing a foundation to move forward with? Because even the goal, the lone goal that Racing Louisville got in this five-one beating by North Carolina, it was already three nothing at that point. The, yeah. the goal came in the seventy-second minute, and it came. Off of a, a bad play by North Carolina, a really bad turnover and a misspass in the back, that Nadia Nadim can just jump on. But even like it, the lack of energy from her after she scored that goal was a little bit like understandable of like, yeah, we're not winning this game. Like, this is this is a bit of a struggle. But when you look at the North Carolina side of it, this is a team that has a has a bright future. I mean, they can score so many goals. They have five in this one, which is insane. Caroline, she ends up getting a, a brace in this match. Um, Tess Bodie ends up getting her first NWSL goal. We talked about her in the preview of this one because I, I think that Tess Bodie is a player that's come in for North Carolina and made a difference. She's been a, an impact for this one. Um, but, but the Dabinia combinations with Caroline, it's it's really fun to watch. There's a PK in this one. Uh, of course, be takes it and finishes it. So a brace for Caroline, a brace for Davinia. Tess Bodie ends up getting the fifth one for North Carolina. Um, and it started early, right? Like at ninth minute is when North Carolina got on the board first. And it, they just kind of ran away with the game at, towards the end of this one. And, and it is a bit sad, a bit of a heartbreak for Racing Louisville. But I, I think this is a team that can maybe try to play spoiler for some teams down the stretch. But honestly, I say they just look ahead to next year. They yeah. look ahead to what they can do, maybe try out different formations. We already saw that uh, playing a bit of a box in their last couple of games in that midfield with a 4-2-2-2. Try that out. Keep going with that. See where different players fit in uh, around the pitch and how this team can grow moving forward. I mean, I think that's the bottom line for Louisville.
2: Yeah, I'm with you as well. Shout out to Lucy here. I love this North Carolina Courage. Uh, yeah, love that. The uh, the Brazilian International is having a massive game in this one for, for the Courage. And um, obviously a team that we're going to continue to keep an eye on as this win bumped them up in the standings and knocked a team like Orlando Pride a little bit further into the bottom half. So with The Courage having an extra game in hand, it's going to get exciting down the stretch here. Something that we're going to absolutely have to pay attention to. Something else uh, that we're going to pay attention to with movement happening in the standings this weekend. Kansas City Current moving into first place on the league table after a 1-0 win against New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC. Gotham FC, the other team that is officially eliminated from playoff contention, uh, based off of their previous match, quite, quite frankly. So already kind of going into this game, um, and maybe having a different mindset going into this one, right? We're talking about sort of just closing out your seasons, um, Strong competitive and, and honestly, I think again to talk about the um, the losing side first before we talk a little bit about the the winners and how how they did. Um, I think we're starting to see a little bit of that, of that difference. I think for this Gotham team, I think the that's something that we were looking for. You know, we were looking for more competitive games. You know, from from this team. You know, different body languages and energy from from the players when they're when they're going out there and, and, and taking uh, taking the pitch. And I think we're we're finally. Seeing that a a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, I think when you've got nothing to lose, you know what, you know, you start maybe playing a little bit differently. And maybe that's what we're seeing a little bit with, you know, interim head coach, human season and the player sort of just saying like, hey, we got to close this out. And we didn't necessarily see that in some of the games from Gotham maybe coming out of that July international window and then through August where we just saw, again, just not really, just not good by language, not a lot of ideas on the pitch. And we're not necessarily seeing that anymore. We're seeing players go out there and and be very, very competitive. And, um, you know, this one, again, another one of these games where we see it's a narrow scoreline for, for Gotham and perhaps had, you know, the potential to, to, to be a draw. So something similar that we saw when they went up against North Carolina courage, but KC ended up taking all the points in this one. Yeah, Gotham had so many great opportunities in this one. They come so close. And, And Sandra,
3: you just talked about it, how this team looks different and they look like they have a bit more spunk to them. 100% 100% of that credit goes to menzies I think, because he's a coach that came in here and decided to shake things up, just give them a new look, new conversations in the training room, um, uh, on the pitch about new ideas that they can have and we've seen a variety of, of movement on the pitch for this Gotham side. They're still not producing results but I mentioned this a bit with when talking about racing Louisville, how can you learn? How can you teach these players, um, grow them in different roles, different understandings and still uh, use these final games despite being out of the playoffs as an opportunity and as ways to grow because we saw Allie Krieger for humans, he's playing in that defensive midfield six role. Now we saw her in the center back and in a 3-5-2, the first time we've seen Gotham in a 3-5-2 formation. So the the options are there. And I think a lot of that credit goes to Humensis for trying to switch things up, trying to do things different. And then, of course, the players for for buying into that and wanting to work hard and wanting to do it and create chances and look to get on the board um, because they did just that. I mean, I think Anamanu had a good game of getting in behind as we talked about it. The the national team rub coming back from from playing over the international break, a player like Anamanu comes in and she tries to get in behind. She tries to get on the board. I think Paige Monahan has done a fantastic job for Gotham this year and, and Kansas city. I mean, uh, Claire Lavogey is really a huge pickup for this Kansas city side. She had a fantastic game against Gotham, um, uh this for michelle Bedos in in goal for gotham she had a really good game five saves on the night but ultimately it's another penalty kick we're like uh, how many penalty oh, kicks is this throughout the weekend day. so far another penalty kick in this match Haley mace gets it lola banto is off the pitch at this point so um also no update on her availability and injury status but mace ends up uh getting the pk
2: yeah, I, I just, oh my gosh, I just looking at the kind of situational moment there, in, in the box, it, it just sort of appeared to me both in, in live in in time and kind of on the replay that Ali Krieger looked to to sort of kind of have some things in, in control, and and of course in some of those situations maybe you come in and, and help help a teammate and try to close things out, but but LaVolge, um correctly kind of you know, reading the scenario in front of her and winning a foul, not a great, uh, not a good time um, for, oh, for Joan uh, to go ahead and, and, and commit the foul, but it's soccer it plays out that way. sometimes. Yeah, it, was a bad, it, was a, it was a really bad foul. It, it was totally not a good, it was not a good decision. Not a good decision that was made. You got Gotham defenders by, were on her and. Yeah. There's not no a good decision left. that was made by, yeah. by any means. And uh, it ends up leading to, to the lone goal. The lone goal in this game comes by way of, um, of a penalty kick, which quite frankly, maybe that, that, you know, we look at the other side of things and the Kansas city side of things in, in this game, you know, it looks for a second here that they're going up against Gotham FC. And I think if you're this upper half table team, you know, and and you're gunning for you know the possibility of reaching the, the obtaining the shield or or winning that first place um and first week by in into into the playoffs. And you're looking at things and you're potentially a top three team going up against a last place team, and you're gonna want to look at those teams and say, like, hey, we're gonna go out there and, and beat this team. This is professional sports. There is nothing unfair yeah. about saying that. That you're a team that's, you know, a very good team playing, playing well on a bit of an undefeated streak of your own. And you're looking at the opposition and you're saying, you know what, we're we have a better roster and we're playing better soccer right now. We need to go out there and beat this team. And that was not necessarily the case for Kansas City current in this game against Gotham. Uh, Again, perhaps, uh, you know, the the different shape that Humensies had Gotham Mm -hmm. in kind of combating some things with Kansas City. And, you know, kind of looking at the subs in this one Matt Potter, making his subs, you know, kind of around the hour mark, maybe keeping an eye on the fact that Kansas City has a midweek match coming up. Against uh, against Chicago Red Stars, so you maybe you're thinking a little bit about the quick turnaround as well. You know, Sunday to Wednesday is not a lot of time. Um, so you know, bringing off a a, a Koran or bring on a Koran for for Labonta, bringing on an Elise Bennett for a Kaiser, maybe trying to preserve some legs here for the midweek. And I'm not saying that's a little bit of a white flag and saying like we're gonna concede this game. And if we play out to a draw, we play out to a draw. But clearly, there's a game plan in place for for this team, and so. To have this kind of the, this goal come by, you know, the way that it did via a penalty kick, it's it maybe it's a little bit of a testament to yes, the type of season that Gotham has been having, but perhaps as well Kansas City and the way they have been able to sort of manage these games and scratch out results, yeah, whether it's draws or or wins and scratching out these points. So it's it's a testament, I think, in different ways to to each team in the season that they that they have been. Um, They've been having and uh it turns out it's just a, a, a late uh penalty kick conversion was all the current needed. Um and it if, frankly it wasn't that pretty
3: of a of a game between
2: these two sides.
3: I mean, there there was action, there was shots, and there was moments of that, but the fact that Kansas City gets this one no win um and they become first in the NWSL standings is huge for a side that finished dead last yeah. last year. Um, I I think that this Kansas City side, the Longs, Matt Potter, the players for the Kansas City current should be very proud of themselves um, because it's been really fun to watch this evolution of a team.
2: Absolutely. I love to talk about the big winners over the weekend. We have three more games to get through and we're going to go through all of the action after a quick break. Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third.
0: Viori is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they're offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viori.com slash soccer. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash soccer. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at
2: mintmobile.com. All right, let's chat about the remaining three games that took place over the weekend. Let's start... With Orlando Pride versus Portland Thorns because we had a a very special moment in in this game. Portland Thorns taking all three points, winning 2-0 on the road against the Pride. Lisa, I think we both had Thorns picked in this one as well. Yes, yes, we did both have Portland taking a win in this one. Love that for us. Uh, Tell me what you thought about this game.
3: Yeah, I mean, we both had... Portland winning this one, and and they did just that. Orlando, a team that um, has – found themselves on a bit of a roller coaster towards the end of this season. They they picked up wins. They were picking up points. Now as they head home to Exploria Stadium to play a handful of matches, Seb Hines, interim head coach, wanted to make it a very difficult place for opponents to come in and play. Um, but but they are they're still struggling against some of these really high level teams. I mean, you look at Portland and and the depth they have of their bench, of the versatility of the players on the pitch, um, how how they're able to kind of float in and out of different rotations and formations they, they Portland makes it look really really easy throughout this year um, so in, in this match I think uh, the fact that it, it started in the first half um, getting on the board Yasmin Ryan a player that has just stepped up incredibly incredibly this year for Portland.
2: Yeah absolutely I, uh, I Yasmeen Ryan has been a player that you know I've be, we've both been keeping an eye on for for Portland Thorns and we really we really kind of felt that this was the player that was going to go ahead and um, maybe have an impact for this team specifically during the midway point of this season. I remember when we were out in in, in LA to, to go ahead and kind of kick off the, the CONCACAF uh, championship that was going to be, you know, taking place in July. And, and we were there for that Portland game against angel city where they came back and draw. And a huge part of that was, was the play of, of Yasmin Ryan. And I just really feel like this, this player has absolutely forced the issue, right? She's become a player that other teams have absolutely have to prepare for when it comes to looking at the Portland Thorns coming into town or going on the road. Like It's not just like, hey, it's like, how are we going to, um contain somebody like Sophia Smith how do we make sure we go ahead and limit what somebody like uh, Christine Sinclair can do it's 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 more than that it's like you have to take a look at players like Yasmin Ryan and quite frankly Ina Seguida in, in this it. one as well two players that have stepped up massively for the Thorns in this 2022 season
3: Huge, huge. I mean, Hina Sugita has done a lot for this Portland side, but throughout this game, I think Morgan Weaver was a fantastic player for Portland. Um, She ended up being the main reason that they had uh, so many uh, possessions and attacks, whether she was holding up the play or getting in behind. She ended up having 11 touches in the opposition box leading Portland. It was (laughs) <laughs> really like a, a great game from them um no Aaron McLeod in goal for Orlando yeah. that kind of threw things off
2: yeah I know I know that when we did our August team of, of the month this was a player that you had kind of giving the the accolades to a little bit saying like hey you had a really good August for your team I'm gonna name you as goalkeeper of the month for my scene for for my team of August and you know they had had a really great streak in in August if, you, if you're the pride team and you know. Having somebody like McLeod unable to go ahead or unable to to go in a game like this against the Thorns, I think perhaps I don't want to say the writing was on the wall, but it wasn't going to be um, it wasn't going to be an easy task for this Pride team that has uh, that the, not only were they were without somebody like McLeod, but in the midfield they were without somebody like a you know a Viviana Villacorta someone who's also stepped up for this team very recently. And it was announced that she had a successful ankle surgery, but because of that surgery is going to be out for the remainder of the season for the pride. So, uh, you know, I'm with you. I think in, in terms of looking at this game and in terms of what was perhaps won and what was lost, I think if you're looking at the pride, obviously not only did they suffer a loss in this game, they're now bumped a little bit further into that lower half of the table still on the outside looking in not too sure if they can still find their footing and make a run quite frankly at this point mathematically no they're not eliminated but they've got some very interesting games in front of them and they're going to possibly be uh without some pieces right and then you're looking at the Portland Thorns the other side of things not only do they get this 2-1 or 2-0 win over the Pride they they end out the game not only on that win but on another positive note by reintroducing Crystal Dunn into the match and getting huge. her some minutes
3: huge <laughs> this is insane i mean when this happened and and i mean frankly availability report came out and she was not listed as out for maternity leave um i mean this
2: is amazing she's a superwoman yeah. i love it i love it that was i mean quite frankly um highlight of the weekend my favorite with part of the game in this one <laughs> yeah I love it. Let's uh, let's chat a little bit about another uh, winner that took place uh, over the weekend. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about Houston versus Angel City. Excuse me. These are the draws that we're talking about now, not the winners. That was the first segment. We got two draws to close out our episode today. Uh, Let's chat a little bit about Houston Dash and Angel City. This one closed out the weekend. This one was a narrow, a narrow scoreline. One, one for the draw on this one. But uh, I like the goals that came out of this game. Massive stunner of a goal from Maria Sanchez uh you love Holy to get I love to see it it was a beautiful goal quite quite frankly could be could be a candidate for goal of the year i don't know that's just me i'm just saying I'm just saying this goal was fantastic
3: from Maria Sanchez. Um, uh, So this match between Houston and angel city in Houston, it was, this was a really good battle, right? This was one of the teams and, and the matches that was potentially going to influence standings and kind of what happens at this one. Houston did drop a little they're now at fourth, just based on how the other teams did and angel city still in seventh, right out of outside of that playoff contention spot. But I mean, the goal for Maria Sanchez was absolutely fantastic. But I think the way you look at like the overall game for this one between Houston and angel city, it was right before halftime that Houston ended up getting this opportunity from Sanchez. And then the response from angel city in the 49th minute, right at the start of the second half was really good. So um, like the, the fact that the middle of this game was a bit back and forth between these two sides, just, it, it was good to see, kind of how they balanced each other out because this matchup was really good and really fun to watch. I think Jane Campbell had a really good match in goal for, for Houston. Um, Simone Charlie ends up getting the goal for Angel City in this one and a bit of a breakdown defensively for Houston side that I was going to say, I'm
2: going to walk that back a little bit. I don't know. Jane Campbell had a pretty big gaffe in this one as well. Yeah,
3: <laughs> exactly. I mean, the, 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 def- the defensive efforts there for Houston struggle. I mean, they've had lapses all season where They can't uh, close out games or or they let up silly goals like that. And Simone Charlie just made it look so easy. That's why forwards put high pressure on because little moments like that happen. Same for racing Louisville. That's how Nadia Nadim got the goal. She was just waiting. It was an errant pass by North Carolina and and same thing here for Charlie. And she's able to just walk it in the goal. And these two sides end up splitting the points.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I think Simone Charlie has been, really, really bringing it on for Angel City over their most recent weeks. It's like, you know, this is a team that has been without Kristen Press and will continue to be without Kristen Press for the remainder of the season due to her uh, ACL injury, but – They've also, you know, been without Sydney LaRue as well, who's been sort of navigating an ankle injury. But looking at Simone Charlie and her ability on the pitch and not just like as a forward who was able to like capitalize on, uh, you know, what defensive backlines give her, you know, finding those pockets of space and exploiting them but the leadership that it looks like she's providing this team right now on the pitch, I think is not being talked about a whole lot and you could just sort of see it in the way she plays on the pitch and in the body language in which she sort of is, also providing direction for uh you know the teammates around here you love you love to see that i think from from a player who in my opinion i feel sort of taking those next those next steps you know in in their in their pro career and it's cool to see her doing it with a team uh like angel city the the, the draw not enough to, to to get uh angel City up into the uh, upper half of the standings they've been on the outside looking in for weeks now just sort of hovering around that seventh place and they weren't able to make that lead because not only do they get a draw but but the Chicago Red Stars also getting a draw as well on the road against O.L. Reign. This is Chicago's fourth game away. This sort of concludes that kind of long road trip from from August rolling into September here, but uh, it almost sort of looked a little bit as if perhaps this game was going to go one way and then it just didn't. Uh, you you had a player like Mal Pugh, quite frankly, try to go ahead and, and make sure that Chicago, uh, you know, remains uh, in, in playoff conversations. We had, uh, you know, both teams kind of feeling each other out a little bit here. First goal not coming until the 18th minute with a uh, Jordan Heidema getting on the board first, looking it's mm-hmm. sort of like seeing some familiar uh, things here for the Chicago team. It, these goals that they've been conceding have been coming off of. Um, you talked a little bit about it with with Houston, Lisa. It's similar for Chicago. There's been these these awkward kind of defensive gaffes and, and, and errors that sort of lead to these these breakthrough goals, and we saw it for for Haidema, But Chicago kind of playing into that. Sometimes when you have that team get that first goal, it kind of shakes things up a little bit. And we saw things kind of level each other out a little bit. Uh, we saw Ella Stevens go ahead and get the equalizer for Chicago just ahead of halftime. And then I think if you're Chicago, perhaps the game plan was saying, hey, we're going to bring in a couple of our better players this year, Malpue, Bianca St. George is coming into the second half and then going and chasing it a little bit more after the all rain. And we've got... Uh, Another penalty that (laughs) that took place over the course of the weekend. Uh, Someone's going to have to give us a total number of what we uh, have for penalty kick conversions out of this particular week. But Danny Colaprico making it 2-1 before Rose Lavelle, Linked up with Megan Rapinoe for another banger. I don't know. It, it it's it's for me. It's Sanchez and Lavelle. These were the two goals yes. that, that were be, most beautiful for me. They truly were stunning. I mean, the Sanchez goal was was something special. But
3: who would have thought Rose Lavelle is now an aerial threat? Um, <laughs> but she sure is. I mean, Rose Lavelle can find ways to score and, and anywhere to- on
2: the pitch, apparently.
3: Literally anywhere on the pitch, um, just a fantastic stuff uh, from from the Chicago O'Hare side. Um, when we picked these sides, I had a draw. And me. you had Chicago in this one. So, of course, I, I got my prediction right, so I had to throw it out it. there. <laughs> I love that.
2: I love that for you, buddy. I love I love this for both O-Rain and Chicago. Again, this is to again, we're talking about points just separating number five, number six, number seven as well in the standings, and everybody just sort of kind of staying in place once more with with that mm-hmm. trio of teams just sort of closing things out with uh, draws. And I think if you're Chicago, you're, you know, perhaps you're like, it's too bad. We could have possibly had this win. A massive, massive game from a listener. Unfortunately, Rose Lavelle just said, yeah. I'm going to go out here and do it myself. And just yeah. <laughs> got on the end of this ball from Rapinoe and just shot it uh, from distance and not a whole lot. You can get on that. I think if you're, even the best goalkeeper uh, in the world. But um, they are sort of keeping things at bay and both teams walking out with a draw. And if you're Chicago, perhaps maybe you're like, hey, we didn't get all three points, but we walked away with the result. And you're yeah. walking away with welcoming the return of Morgan gutra You know, you think you're, you're looking at you're looking at your roster in front of you. You're looking at the matches in front of you and you're saying, Hey, what can we do to possibly really make a run here? And I have to imagine uh, somebody like a working her way back into form is going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. And I think with a game like this that ended up shaking itself out to a draw, you're grateful to have a player like that who could maybe kind of settle the ball down and help you close things out. But we'll see, we'll see where that takes Chicago. We see, we'll see where uh, something like this takes oil rain. But that's it. That's a wrap for all these games. Uh, Some we got right, some we got wrong. And we love when we get them wrong because we get a chance to talk about them as well. And we always love when you join us live. So thanks, everybody uh, in the chat or just lurking and watching for, for joining us today and talking all things NWSL. Thanks, as always, for listening to Attacking Third. You can download, follow, and listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere. Subscribe to us on YouTube to know whenever we go live. And Lisa and I will be back later this week to chat all things soccer. Thanks for joining us. This was Attacking Third.